This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Afternoon, Kim. Happy Monday. Hi, happy Monday to you. Woohoo! the hands around. I know. How you know, are you? Not bad. The Mark Thompson show ended um, in a way that kind of is amusing to me because he did to you what he did to me back on the radio. It's, you've got like so many things in your mind and you're juggling newscasts and you've got all these. There's only a certain capacity for you, what you can multitask, right? And then out of nowhere, what? who do we have on tomorrow? <laughs> well, like, in, my, in his defense... Yeah. He asks me that every day, so I should know okay. it. Like I well, should have it on the pulled radio, up and he know would, it. He would randomly ask it, but it's like, yeah. dude, I, I haven't attention. even like produced yeah. tomorrow's morning show. Like I, like I, that's not in my. Well, brain I don't right know. Now. Yeah, I, anyway. I didn't even try this time. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of good stuff. I don't know. Anyway, we have memories. Good... You know what's also funny, and I've been meaning to mention to him. You know the the uh, blinding lights uh, song from the weekend that his show opened with on the yeah. radio. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear that song in the car, I have this like Pavlovian like little jump of anxiety that I have to run to the studio, which is kind of funny, right? Like so, we're going on the air. We have 10 seconds. I will tell you that tomorrow on the Mark Thompson show, What's now that up? I have all the information pulled up, if you're interested, you will find Jefferson Graham back from vacation. He will be back. Also, David K. Johnston will be Ooh. on the show tomorrow. Mark Thompson show, not this show. Um, and then Wednesday, we have the Horror King, Horror, 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 horror. Horror. Oh, okay. H o r r o r. Horror King. Jeff Dixon will be on the show. So there's some exciting oh, nice. things coming up on the Mark we Thompson show. We are promoting the Mark Thompson show today, and I'm well, actually drinking coffee out of my Mark Thompson, your Mark Thompson mug, show mug. Which See, it's well, usually not coffee. It's the after party. We celebrate everything that has come before, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you. Look at that. This is from Blue Liz. Uh, a $5 super sticker. I'm trying to... Oh, is that a where, Where's My Weed Smokers at mug? Nice. Uh, Lovely. Looking good, Blue Liz. Thank you so much. Or blue what is a nice thing to do. Double I. Double I-Z. Oh, is it blue? Is it blue? Blueies. 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 So, uh, yeah. we have a We have an important announcement. Uh, 1,600 subscribers we just reached us. over the weekend. You know what? Yay. It's this little engine that could chugging along, keep bringing those people in. Yeah, really so speaking nice. of which, if you can share yeah. the show on Facebook, that's how yeah. we uh, reach our key demographics, like sharing on there and other socials, yeah. but Facebook's really big for people who and are into news talk. If you could take a moment and click the like button and also click the subscribe button, we'd appreciate that as well. So these are all things you can do to help out this little show that could... And one more thing before huh? we get going. Look at I us received, go. I received a package. I received oh. a lot of positive letters. What kind of I package? Received pa- um, this is a care package from my cousin Grant in, in Bee Cave, Bee Texas. Cave. Check yeah. this out. I said he must know where all the best honey oh, is. Oh, nice. So I've got some Texan honey. Uh, he sent three different kinds. Look at that. Uh, this one's like a, like a, a local wildflower texan wildflower you're not uh, going to run out of honey for a long time and on top of that little honey bites check that out they're like oh. little bits of honeycomb individually sealed look at that anyway shout out to grant in b cave texas thank you hey, grant. That's grant. Awesome. look at thank that you. that's awesome um you know we talked about this story a little bit on uh nikki medora's show but i i wanted to kind of cover it here as well this is a outrageous story where all of a sudden this woman gets a call from a neighbor 
Yeah. There's somebody here with a bulldozer. They're knocking down your house. These this it's crazy. So what happened is this demo company was supposed to come out and knock down one house, but they got the address wrong. And they were cocky enough when hate, the neighbor came out and said, Hey, listen, are you supposed to knock this house down? Do you have the paperwork? At first they ignored this person, and finally, when she asked to see their permit, they realized, oops. Our bad. We're sorry. And they just packed their crap up and left. Like, oh, man. they knocked this person's house completely down. Are you ready it's to see demolished. what it looks like? Yes. Let's look at it. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> so God. So no one was living in this house. It turns out the family wasn't lived, lived living there. But it had been their family home for 40 years. So they had boarded it up. They were still paying taxes on it. They oh, Everything okay. was fine with it. So it's not like it's... So it know, was boarded up. So it looked like it may be the right place. Perhaps. But they just weren't living there. And now right. they have to go after the company to, you know, get a right. new house. Right. But if it wasn't boarded up, maybe they would have uh, double-checked the paperwork. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, this is maybe. it. It's boarded up. It's time to go. Sayonara, sucker. I don't oh, know. Man. Yeah, but you would think you would be extra sure before you do something like that. You know, Can you imagine... You um, raise a house. Yeah, like have somebody on site, like meet you mm. there, right? Uh, and then show paperwork. And you, it should have the address on there, right? So what, did they just get the... I'm sorry if you yeah. said it. Did they, they, they got just the address had the number, wrong. They had the number wrong. They're yeah. on the right street, but they just had the number of the house wrong. Yeah, I was there close, but no cigar. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that's insane insanity. Let's um, go to Oakland. Take me to <laughs> Oakland. Take me to the happy story. Let's go to Oakland. Happy yeah. story in Oakland. Wow! Right. Congratulations. This is not yeah. the uh, this is not the uh, seven o'clock news on TV. Yeah, check this out. We have good news out of Oakland. Aww. A baby giraffe. There's a newborn at the Oakland Zoo. Her name is Kendi, meaning loved one in Swahili. And while she arrived, uh, this they're saying yesterday. I think it was a couple days ago. Uh, she's already probably taller than you. <laughs> Are you ready for the height? The giraffe is six foot five wow. and 150. Wow, taller than me and uh, lighter. Yeah. Kendi is the first giraffe born at the zoo in 11 years. Congratulations to oh, uh, Kendi and her and her mother and father. Yeah, I think we have another a couple other photos. Look, look at oh oh okay, that's adorable. Yeah, and then I think darling one, one more. Yeah, Little they 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 come so out. Cute. You know, they have a long gestation period, right? They come out ready to yeah. go. Gun yeah. guns, guns blazing. Uh, not so happy out of Hawaii. There was a bird, the Kauai o'o. Uh -oh. A beautiful little song that it had, known for its song, and it was just officially declared extinct. And the last time anybody saw the Kauai O'o -Oh was in 1987. But it was just now, 35 years later, declared extinct. It's been removed from the endangered species list, along with 20 other species. It's gone. But we still have a recording of the way it sounded that we can yeah. hear. Here we go. Sounds like C-3PO. 
Yeah, it does. It's like beep, so, beep, so, boop, boop. beep, 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 beep. Uh, this biologist used a tape recorder to capture that call. That was either the last OO or one of the last at the high elevation at the Alakai Swamp on Kauai in 1986. It has no- it was known to be one of the finest singers of the Hawaiian birds with variable and echoing song. One of the um, finest Hawaiian birds. With that song is only half complete because usually it's a duet. Oh, so that was one of the last ones. But Adele so was... wasn't available at the time. No, they sing back and forth to each. They sang back right. and forth to each other. So yeah, past um, tense. Yeah, they say we have no way of knowing if this was the very last bird, but that it's hard not to listen to it as if it were the very last one. So very sad. Yeah, I know. Uh, bring this party okay. down. Let's bring it back yeah. up. Well, we do take uh, we do do take turns with the uh, bringing everything down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh oh oh. Oh, that's so nice. Pretty sure I heard Kim's voice on broadband radio last week. Broadcast. Replay of Nikki or Mark's YouTube shows on radio? I don't no. think so, JR. I don't think so. Unless there's a lawsuit coming. you know. Mark Unless somebody is replaying us, then it shouldn't be. No, we're only on YouTube and on the podcast platforms. Maybe you were podcasting it and heard it through your car stereo. I don't know. Or maybe no, you were on the iHeartRadio app, which is pretty yeah. commercial. That's confusing to me. It shouldn't have been, but thank you for the $10 super sticker and for listening here. And Wes with $5 and a real C3PO there. Thank you. <laughs> so good. Very cool. Then you guys are blue. so kind. And Blue, Blue is, thank you so much. You guys are so cool to help us uh, keep running the show. Really cool. All right, let's jump over to the humpback whales in Dana Point. This is quite a show. These guys were, I guess, circling this whale-watching boat out in Dana Point for more than a half an hour, putting on this just totally cool display. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Wow. So those are two... It looks like they're doing a ballet two, almost. Yeah, it's like two humpbacks doing synchronized swimming behind this mm. boat. And they're going under, they're coming over... Popping their yeah, head they're out. they're oh. very curious about this boat. Back is breaching there, and they do the tail flips and they wave at the people. And look at that! I mean, whoo, spraying them—it's really cool. I mean, that's the whale watching trip. When I've been on a whale watching trip, they never get that close. They're always like way far out, which is cool to even be in their vicinity, right? To see these giants and these amazing giants. But how cool is it uh, to, to for a half an hour, watch these two mug, they call it mug the boat, which is <laughs> showing interest in the boat, getting close, behaving very curiously toward people aboard. Uh, they said drone footage from the encounter, that's what we were watching, shows the two whales floating upright as if performing a ballroom dance for the passengers aboard the So boat. they're like mugging for the camera. They see the paparazzi yeah, and they're exactly. Ready I'm ready for yeah. my, my close-up. Very cool. Um, speaking of things that are cool or not cool, this I'm, I'm going to put this in the not-so-cool category. Yeah. Oh, more robots. Amazon Those is... Those are cool-looking uh, robots, though. <laughs> oh, the, our future is over. But you know what? It looks really cool. <laughs> we don't have any more jobs, but that's okay. Amazon is rolling out trials of humanoid robots to free up their staff. You Wait, know, they need what's, to where's free the staff up. going? Do they just yeah, need to, they need sit, to free them up? Break? Yeah, free them up. You know, so they can finally go to the bathroom. Amazon they said to, the, they need to free them up so they can go to the unemployment lines. What Amazon yeah. means to say. 
Amazon said the move was about freeing up employees to better deliver mm-hmm. for our customers. Mm-hmm. So maybe they mean actually delivering in the delivery trucks. It was. Uh, it said it was testing a new robot called Digit, which has arms and legs that can move, grasp, and handle items in a similar fashion to a human. Union, I uh, am rep, Digit. Rep, a human rep said that Amazon has been treating their workers for robots for years. <laughs> Amazon, I shouldn't be laughing. Amazon's automation is a headfirst race uh, to job losses. We've already seen hundreds of jobs disappear in its mm-hmm. fulfillment centers, according to a UK uh, trade union organizer. As the announcement was made, Amazon said its robotic system had, in fact, helped create hundreds of thousands of jobs within its operations. Huh? This includes 700 categories of new jobs in skilled roles which didn't exist within the company beforehand. Can you give us specifics? According to the tech giant, mm-hmm. it now has more than 750,000 robots. Oh, I'm sure they created more than that in uh, other skilled jobs at Amazon. Doing what? Right. Uh, crazy. Saying that they're working collaboratively with human staff and often are being used to take on the highly repetitive uh, tasks. So, um, yeah, I don't know what that statement is very dubious. Like uh, we we've created many more highly skilled jobs. What 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 if one of the wrong item is placed in the wrong bin? then does the robot have the intelligence to discern that they're putting the wrong item in the package? Well, they're scanning barcodes, so it's probably going to be the same error rate as a human just scanning barcodes because mm-hmm. they're moving so fast, even the humans. they're yeah. not. It's not like they can check everything. They just scan, scan, scan. So interesting. Yeah. I don't I know either. how I feel about these guys. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see a follow-up report on all the other high-skilled jobs that they've replaced. Uh, you know, Then why do they need the robots, right? If they're trying to obviously they're trying to save money right it just doesn't make sense well here's a story here's a story that really surprises me yeah and it's that the state of georgia is going to be the first u.s state where pharmacies will be able to sell medical cannabis well i would have thought colorado oregon california i would not have thought georgia Mm -mm. but uh yeah they're gonna sell He's the, the quote is from this botanical sciences company. They think we're going to be selling joints out of a pharmacy, but that's not right. No, that's not what they're doing at all. They say they, they don't want you to think that weed soda is going to be sold next to Coke Zero at the local pharmacy. That's not what's going to happen. But the Georgia Board of Pharmacy is processing applications from pharmacies around the state that would like to sell low-dose THC products. So under Georgia law, the THC content can only be up to 5%. THC or tetrahydrocannabinol is the part of the cannabis plant that produces a high. One of the key reasons doctors may suggest patients use it is to help with pain, nausea, insomnia, and other issues, right? So that could be THC oil, tincture, tinctures, topicals, capsules, lozenges, that type of thing, lotions even sometimes. Um, CVS and Walmart say they won't be selling THC products in Georgia, but 130 local pharmacies have already agreed to sell those kinds of products, and the state has more than 400 independent pharmacies. Many of them seem interested in getting the special THC sale license, and that would put 90% of Georgians within a 30-minute drive from a pharmacy that could sell it. So go get it, Georgia. Yeah, so I imagine it's only legal for medicinal purposes in that state. It's not legal for recreational use, because obviously then you wouldn't need the pharmacy. God, it's so funny that it's been so 
legal for such a while in here now yeah. that I just assume it's like that everywhere. No, right? no, no. No, it isn't. Um, yeah, I think it's. I don't know what the. I have to look yeah, up. Yeah, it says the that their law is more restrictive than most of the 38 states oh, that allow medical use of cannabis products. That. So yeah, yeah, they are one of those medical. Cannabis They're states. one of the medical states, so I guess they have to keep it behind the glass, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Chit, chit, chit. Keep it in yeah. line, people. And that's coming, coming yep. to Georgia. Um, yeah. And it's really funny compared to the San Francisco, where even when it was illegal for med medicinal use, you just went to yeah. Dolores Park and people just were openly cart. selling it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're it's like, right. "Weed's legal now." I'm like, "Really?" Well, it's <laughs> like the what the it's like the magic mushrooms selling, you know, being sold on the streets, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, they're they're without it's not legal. They're, they're they still right do on it. the they're right on the street with the yeah. they have their little like Venmo and their table all set up. Um, one thing <laughs> that is legal that may be good for you. Ready for it? Yes. Ready for some good news? How do you feel about mustard? I like a little mustard. Not some a lot. Some people love but mustard. A touch. Yeah. But the question is: Is it good for you? Diets have often demonized condiments uh, because they can add calories, <laughs> sugar, and fat to a Did dish. You're gonna say condoms? Were you gonna say almost? Uh, but we want to hone in on one condiment in particular, uh, mustard. Should mustard be lumped in with all condiments? Okay, how many times I can put this in the story? Uh, I guess a story about mustard is going to be in there a lot. Or does mustard <laughs> offer unique benefits? Uh, so they, they spoke with a registered nutritionist uh, and to find out everything you need to know. First, it's worth mentioning that there are many different types of mustard. So when you think mustard, you probably think the yellow stuff, right? The French is mm -hmm. up there. Uh, the traditional bright yellow smooth paste. Uh, other yeah. less common types of mustard include spicy mustard, Dijon, and honey mustard, right? If you get a, like a really nice like German-style uh, yeah. mustard on your bratwurst, yum, yum, yum. Uh, yellow mustard, spicy mustard, and Dijon mustard all have s similar nutritional profiles. They are low in calories, sugar, and fat, which makes them excellent additions to any dish, especially if the goal is weight management. Mustard can be used as a condiment, which is low in calories and can help your weight management and control by enhancing flavor as an alternative to many high-calorie sauces, marinades and dressings although you got to be careful honey mustard on the other hand is a little bit different so i think we know why right There's a lot of sugar in it mm -hmm. uh so it doesn't make it off limits but just something you need to be mindful of honey mustard has a lot of sugar are there benefits to eating mustard it turns out the mustard is packed with helpful nutri uh, nutrients mustard provides nutritional value as well as its mineral composition of selenium and magnesium which are important for many of your bodily functions so uh, according to Harvard, selenium is a trace mineral that's vital for the creation of various enzymes and proteins that help make DNA and protect cells from damage. And the NHI explains that magnesium is important for muscle and nerve function, regulation of blood sugar and blood pressure. So if you're going to keep, uh, you know, if you're going to choose a topping, right, and uh, you want some health benefits and you want to keep the calories down, I've always been a fan of mustard. Uh, so it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Mustard's Put some mustard you, on your, huh? right. your everything. It's good to know. I know a lot about mustard now. Um, I, you know, <laughs> next Hall Halloween is coming. Okay. And a lot of people like to go to these events that, like, I think here in the Bay Area, uh, Great America has a Halloween event, right? And right. Uh, Six Flags and Vallejo has a Halloween event. Well, Knott's Berry Farm in Southern California, they do this thing called Knott's Scary Farm. Right. And you walk Ooh. through the park, I guess, and it's like they've turned the whole place into this massive haunted house. So at any moment, as you're walking through Knott's Berry Farm during their Halloween event, they could have a monster jump out and scare the holy bejesus out of you, or okay. a vampire, or a zombie, or whatever it may be. And that's why people go, because 
It's Halloween. It's a fright night kind of scary thing. And they like it. Well, now you can buy a sensitivity necklace so that when you turn it on in the dark, it glows and it lets the monsters know you're not someone that likes to be scared. Don't jump out at you. Jump out at other people without the illuminated necklace. Leave you alone. And so now people are like, really? We have to have the sensitivity necklace? Like a it, trigger warning? Why, why are, are you, you putting coming? yourself in it? Yeah, why are you putting why yourself are in you going to not scary farm right. if you don't want to be scared? Right. Right? If you don't Check your like calendar. to be scared, then don't do it. You won't en- enjoy this event that is designed to terrify you. Other people that want to go, this is, I mean, I wouldn't. This is not my jam. Yeah. But if people want to go, then that's what they want to do, right? And they want to be scared. But now the monsters have to look around and make sure, oh, is that somebody I can scare? Or is that not somebody I can scare? Right? Yeah, that's like going to a horror movie and then complaining about it. The (laughs) necklace. You you knew what you were getting into. Right. right? You signed up for it. It's called a no-boo necklace. No-boo. And for 15 bucks, you can buy this oversized blue necklace with a spider medallion that lights so up. So you're paying an extra $15 Not so to that be you can scared. avoid the point of the whole thing, which right. you also have to pay for, right? So I'm sure it's a premium to go there during this period of time. So this when the so necklace dumb. is illuminated and you're wearing it, you're theoretically supposed to be immune from the scare actors who roam around the park. They aren't supposed to try to frighten or even approach anyone wearing one of these necklaces. But because of this no-boo necklace thing, they are getting so much blowback from this. People are making fun of them. They're... Um, they're <laughs> They're they're saying this necklace is going to grant the wearer scare immunity in our scare zones. If you have one of these on, and most importantly, if it's illuminated and visible to the monsters, that we won't scare you directly. Someone said, like many theme park fans, I want to see parks try new things from time to time, so I won't roast Knott's Berry Farm too hard for trying something new at its not scary farm event this year. I just hope parks management sees its attempted innovation as a failure and doesn't bring it back again next year i don't know i mean it i guess if you had to take your kids there but you didn't want to be scared you know what send your kids with someone who does want to be scared yeah just don't wait in front and say when you're done yeah back here uh this is and the type of person that would buy this is like it reminds me of my friends that are always like crying that they're broke yeah but it's like no 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 dude you you have a problem like you don't know how to like not spend money on stupid things like that's your problem like, like a nobu necklace yeah stupid yeah i say no <laughs> no no uh no. state of california though is saying yes to something else did you have to uh well you had to learn uh, we both had to learn cursive in school mm-hmm. right Back. so did julia but jacob didn't that's so weird so at some point mm-hmm. they got rid of it right the requirement but california has enacted a law requiring the teaching of cursive in uh, schools 17 other states have the same kind of law uh, while much of the world races to put keyboards on as many instruments as possible one state has just made a law to ensure students are taught how to put pen to paper that's our california uh gavin newsom governor signed into law a bill that requires the teaching of cursive writing across the state uh, it amends the state's education code to include instruction in cursive or joined italics in the appropriate grade levels for grades one through six. 
I I don't see a problem with this. You know, it doesn't mean you have to use cursive for the rest of your life. I still use it when, um, you know how I keep my cursive up so that, because there's some letters that you, I don't know about you, but if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the weird, like, uh, uh, although the, what is it? Q, Q is normally like a two, isn't it? And here they're showing it, it looks like a regular Q. Like when you do okay. a cursive Q, isn't I don't, it? Like I a, don't it's like a number it. two. Anyway, there's some letters two. that are weird yeah. that, you know, if you don't use it every day, you lose it. I keep up on my cursive by writing um, all the Christmas letters for my family in cursive. Oh, okay. And so I will mess up on one letter, like usually once a year. And then it kind of like, you know, helps me train myself to you know remember yeah all those different letters i think kids should know how to i mean they should know how to write it and read it even if they don't use it in their do you still use life. cursive like if you were to write a letter like a I, handwritten write, letter. I, use, I use cursive yeah yeah i do have like a i have different fonts i like to call them and some of them look kind of like like terrorist print <laughs> like what when i i, I it's funny because I, I would whenever i hand write an address um and i'm joking by the way i know we're being monitored uh <laughs> I like say I was writing a like an address on a package yeah. or an envelope from KGO, and um, I know the postal systems that they, they use computers and they scan the letters. So I use like a block print, like basically like an yeah. Arial font, like of my yeah. own handwriting. But it looks a little weird to somebody else that's just looking at it and you know is used to writing in a normal style. And so I'd I'd get teased for like like my terrorist uh, font oh. when addressing packages. Wow, yeah, crazy. But I have good penmanship, I think. All right. Well, very good. Um, let's go to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She oh, no. has this list of woke words. Do you think she, she uh, writes in cursive? I think she does. I think she's a cursive or writer. Or she just curses. Mm-hmm. That's not a very nice picture of her. I yeah. thought about getting a different photo, but I'm like, it's on all the different uh, mainstream web you know, newspapers. Well, it is America. very... And like, it is representative of what she was like during the Trump administration. She so. signed this executive order banning woke and anti-woman words from state documents. So she does have a judgy face, and this is kind of a judgy story. Yeah. Here's what she says. So she she aimed her her order at inclusionary language, specifically around gender and childbirth. So here are the forbidden terms and the ones she wants you to replace them with, okay? okay. Rather than, say, pregnant people or pregnant person, use pregnant women or pregnant mom. Mm-hmm. Rather than chest feeding, say breastfeeding. I've never Whoever heard of says, chest feeding. I've never heard anyone say that. Rather than body fed or person fed, use breast fed. I haven't what heard is, anybody say those either. I haven't either. Rather than human milk, use breast milk. Rather <sighs> than birthing person, I've never heard anyone say that, use birth mom. I, I would just say somebody in labor. Rather than laboring person, use birth mom. Does that mean like if there's somebody who's transgender in labor, they must be called mom because you've decreed it so? Rather than menstruating person or menstruating Sarah, people, photo? yes, <laughs> use woman or women. So don't say menstruating person, say woman. Rather than birth giver, use woman. Rather, And these are two I'd never heard of. I had to look them up. Rather than Wimixen, W-O-M-X-N. Or women, W-O-M-Y-N, use woman with an M-A-N at the end. So I guess Wimixen with an X and women with a Y, spelled with a Y. I'm not finding any better photos. (laughs) No, you're not. You're doing, I'm actually really impressed by you right now. Uh, (laughs) 
those two words spelled that way are kind of a protest against having the word man or men yeah. in the word woman. So if you okay. take so the like man, thing. men, it's a feminist thing. So if you spell it W-O-M-X-N or W-O-M-Y-N, you've taken the man or the men out of it. But this is not a mainstream term, and I've never no. heard of it. You've never heard and it's of it. Stupid. So it's like they're I looking mean, you, for a problem that doesn't exist. You can't exist. even pronounce it. I mean, who says yeah. that? So, yeah. Um, they say, enough trying to erase women and girls, enough denying our biological differences from men, and enough of the craziness that has taken over our country. Today, we're taking a stand against woke nonsense. How about enough trying to divide the country with woke issues that aren't an issue? Like, this How is not a problem. This is not a problem. I mean, here we are in the Bay Area, the center of supposed center of wokeness. And you and I haven't heard and you're in San Francisco. You haven't heard most of those terms. No. Come on. I mean, is this really important? This is what you need to do. Well, anyway, they don't have um, a platform. They don't they're not proposing anything beneficial for the people like no. the Republican Party. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm not anti-conservative. It's just I'm anti this current Republican Party that does nothing except promote themselves, promote hate, divide people with like, you know, like, I don't know. And they've got all these dog whistles that are bigoted or racist. And if you deny that, you're just not living the same reality that I'm living in. I mean, come on. Wimixon, really? That's your worry? Okay. Yeah. Go, yeah. go for it, Sarah. It's kind of like when people love do. to hate on California. So you, we get a lot of tourists, <sighs> and obviously they, they have all these like stereotypes in their minds. And a lot of it's true. <laughs> a this lot is of it's liberal, it's... but a lot of it's not true, right? Yeah. And there are problems. Somebody said they were scared to come into San Francisco from the East Bay. And I'm like, it's not as bad as what yeah. you think. It's kind of like when the fires are covered, right? You're if you're from fine. out of state, I'm sure you have relatives yeah. who think the whole state's on fire. It's like, yeah. no, it's not <gasps> Are as you okay? You I'm like, no, it's yeah. in Southern California, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is why it's best to just curl up on your couch with Archie, your kitty cat, and not worry about things because there are crazy people like Sarah Huckabee Sanders who just don't get it. You know, I um, speaking of which, everyone's well, this is probably going to sound really sad, but every once in a while, I like <laughs> to split a can of tuna with Archie. And the reason why is he's, you know, if you're eating, he's eating, right? Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I open up a can of tuna, and luckily I get the ones from uh, Costco that are bigger than the standard size, so they're a little bigger. Um, it's not really healthy to give your, you can't just give your cat all tuna. It's, it doesn't have everything they need nutritionally, okay. but it's kind of like a treat, right? So you can give them a little bit. So I end up giving him like maybe a quarter of the can, and then I mm-hmm. make a sandwich out of the rest. Uh, but I've always been fascinated by the fact that as soon as the top is popped, he it begins salivating and screaming his head off. And it's funny because, like, you know, he loves all kinds of food. But I knew it was something in the air, like something like some odor or scent. And turns out <laughs> there is something to tonight. Yeah, yes. because it's like there's something different about tuna. But a tin, a, a tin of tuna, of course, is one of my most iconic cat foods, right? And mm-hmm. even the most finicky felines seem to love it. Now scientists know why. In a study published by the study people in the August issue mm-hmm. of the journal mm-hmm. Chemical Sense, researchers found that cats, like humans, ha- use taste receptors that detect umami. You're familiar with umami? Like yeah. they call it like, the, fifth, the fifth sense? Right. So uh, that's one of the basic tastes alongside of sweet, sour, bitter, and salty. But unlike human umami receptors, cats' taste receptors bind to two chemicals that are found in high concentrations in tuna. These chemicals enhance the umami experience for cats, making them strongly prefer the fishy treat. 
So, of course, umami is what gives food a savory or meaty flavor, so it makes sense that an obligate carnivore like a cat would prefer its taste. So previous researchers uh, research showed that cats had a preference uh, slightly different than humans, right? Well, it's well established, for instance, that felines are ambivalent about sugar. They neither prefer or avoid it because they actually can't taste it. I don't know if you knew that. They, their sweet taste receptor gene is dysfunctional. So experts hy that. hypothesize that they lost the ability to taste carbohydrates and sweeteners because of the macro uh, nutri uh, nutrients aren't essential for their survival, um, which is why when I give him um, blueberries, and the cats are allowed to have a few blueberries, yeah, he can't taste the sweetness. And I think the reason he like, likes it because it's like it's a little ball that he can play with, right? Mm -hmm. And it has the texture of meat, like it's squishy, like it's something he can bite into and feels like right. it's meaty. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. So there is there um, there is a reason they, why cats go crazy for tuna. Umami receptors. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, it's like well, they're at a high-end restaurant. Let's take a break here on the After Party Live. And when we come back, we'll talk about Nepo babies. Uh, we'll discuss another couple, a celebrity couple that it turns out has have also been separated for years and years and years this whole jada pinkett smith thing yeah. where you know we've actually been separated for a while apparently yeah. maybe she's not the only one and we'll also look at uh how robot hands are developing and the dexterity is kind of becoming really really good all those stories when we come back here on the after party live sounds exciting if we ever get there. The After Party Live. <laughs> the, the After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. It is the After Party Live. You have Live. unionized engineers. So if you never appreciated unionized engineers, that oh. exactly there <laughs> is why. You're talking radio engineers. No, I'll take a John Daly any Or day. television engineers uh, when you're trying to do too much. But we are a small-time operation. We are a very small budget. So yeah. we appreciate everyone who's contributed to the show. And Kim, who do you have there? I have Robin F and Deidre L and Joe F. You guys, just a humongous, humongous thank you for supporting you. the show. You know, we say it, and so it's we say thank you a lot, and it's sometimes to me it seems um, not genuine. And yeah. I, yeah, I just want you to know that it's really appreciated. And Blue is so appreciate your five dollar uh, contribution to the show, Wes. So, so appreciate you. Really do. And also Mo Direct for a dollar. So awesome. JR for a 10. Really nice. Sorry, I'm not on the real radio anymore, but that's all right. We work, make it work here. It's just and fine. And just in. And Beth for $20. So kind. You guys are awesome. Thank you for contributing to the After Party Live. We just couldn't do it without you. Really. Thank Very you. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Let's do some celebrity news, why don't we? Okay. Uh, Gwyneth and her Nepo babies. You, I'll do this one. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we all know Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, she's a little I know how weird. You feel she... I know how you feel about Nepo babies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I'm probably better with Nepo babies than I am with Gwyneth Paltrow and her like uh, was it her goop her goop 
Yeah, her goop. I don't want to say certain mm -hmm. words. I'll get us in trouble, but her, her oh. goop down below. Um, that's probably sounded worse. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow has hit out. What? Uh, has hit out at the term Nepo baby, calling it an ugly moniker and saying children of famous people should not be judged negatively. Uh, short term for a nepotism baby. Uh, the term refers to the children of celebrities who have succeeded in careers similar to those of their parents. Now, there's this whole Nepo baby culture, she says, and there's this judgment that exists around kids of famous people. Uh, the 51-year-old actor said in a Bustle interview. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with doing or wanting to do what your parents do. Paltrow, I don't think anybody takes issue with that. Paltrow said that her 19-year-old daughter, Apple, who appeared as a Chanel model this year, was really just a student and just wants to be a kid and be at school and learn. Well, also, obviously, wants to be a model. She said, nobody rips on a kid who's like, I want to be a doctor like my grand or granddad. Um, mm -hmm. I think that she's not really getting, I don't think she's getting it. She says, quote, the truth is if you grow up in a house with a lot of artists and people making art and music, that's what you know. The same way you, if you grow up in a house with law, the discussions around the table are about the nuances of whatever particular law the parents practice. I think it's kind of an ugly moniker. I hope that my children always feel free to pursue exactly what they want to, irrespective of, of what anybody's going to think or say. I, I think she's conflating two different issues. I don't think anybody ever had a problem with... Um, the, the children of celebrities, like uh, you've always had like musicians with kids that become musicians or actors mm -hmm. whose kids become actors. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, like, just because they have the, the, the name recognition yeah, doesn't, and, they, and maybe the opportunity is, and they get to meet people that, you know, will further their career. It's what you do with that opportunity. So if you, doesn't matter what your name is, if you suck, you're not going to get the opportunity, you know, the opportunities are going to come and pass you right by, right? Yeah. You have to have some, some talent, you have to know what you're doing. Right. But I mean, so, the issue yeah. here is nepotism, right? And so that's, mm -hmm. this is a different level of nepotism when you're talking about what you said, or like, oh, you're the son of a lawyer. Well, but that's not going to, I mean, there may be some nepotism in terms of getting like a clerkship or a judge. But when you're mm -hmm. that popular, people just don't say no to you, right? For the most part, or at least initially until they realize that you suck and they can't make money off you. Right. <laughs> Which has been the case for many celebrity kids. Uh, I don't know. I just, I really don't care for Gwyneth Paltrow anymore. I really liked her um, before she went all goopy. Um, I think even sometimes, even if you are good, you're held to the standard of your amazing parent. Like people want you to sound just like your parent. So right. Julian Lennon. Right. Looks like his dad, has a similar sound to his dad. Okay. But he's not his dad. And so I don't think he's he's been he's achieved some success, but not the same level as his dad. Yeah, it's very similar with um, God. Who else was it? Uh, uh, oh, Presley, Lisa Marie Presley, who recently mm -hmm. passed away. Right. She was uh, she loved to sing. She had a right. nice voice, but people expected her to rise to the level of her father and be that kind of a talent. So you can sound kind of like your dad, but they want you to be him, right? They want you to yeah. be the next him. And I think that maybe there's some nepotism involved, but there's also some unrealistic expectations and how people are held up. And that right. can cause some problems. Well, this whole too. Nepo thing it was having to yeah. do with uh, the lead story was that they were getting like uh, their starter homes and they were like million dollar homes given to them by their parents. So this is just like a different level of kind of rich entitled kids, right? And some of them don't really go their own way and they just kind of like take from their parents and then, you know, live a life of, uh, I don't know, of excess and richness and celebrity from being not really anything except the kids of their parents, right? They're famous right. on Instagram because of their parents. Um, 
like obviously like Will Smith's kids wouldn't have gotten the opportunity, the music videos and all the things that they got if had they not been the children of no, their parents. So not, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I think she's kind of conflating different issues and, and, and when you're famous like that, it's at a different level. But anyway. Well, you uh, bring up Will Smith and yeah. I will say, you know how recently Jada Pinkett Smith in her new memoir said that she and Will Smith have actually been separated for years. I believe that. Well, now Meryl Streep is coming out to say, yeah, I've also been separated from my husband, Don Gummer, for six years. Wow. Six years. Right. They have been separated for a while. Uh, again, six years, but they're and now they're getting divorced. They said they'll always care for each other, and they've just chosen to live apart. They have has four she, kids. Has he slapped anybody on stage at the Oscars? I don't think so. No, that's no. not that kind of, no. Uh, no. They have four adult children. Okay. The last time they were seen together was in 2018 at the Academy Awards. Uh, she said, I want to publicly, back then when she won the Oscar, she said, first, I'm going to thank Don. Because when you thank your husband at the end of the speech, they play him out with the music. And I want right. him to know that everything I value most in our lives, you've given me. They met at Yale. They went to Yale together. Ooh. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's her business, you know. What did she have to come out and tell the public to tell her fans that she has six years ago that she was separating from her husband? No, she didn't. It's no one's business but hers. It's yeah. interesting that now she feels compelled to come out and say it. I guess you can come out and say it whenever you want to say it. You know what, Kim? Get Meryl Streep's husband's name out of your mouth, okay? <laughs> oh, is that what you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Will kidding. do. Just kidding. I'm not going to slap anybody. Here is the the trivia question of the day. Uh-oh. How many Oscar nominations has Meryl Streep received? Oh, I already know the answer. Do you? Uh, can I give you guys a in the hint? chat now? I mean, it seems like she's nominated every year, right? Yeah. Can I give a hint to the audience? Sure. It's double digits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double digits. Uh, no, a little higher. Not 15. Not uh, 26 is a little high. Yeah. Getting close. I'll tell you. You're oh, right. 20. Oh, Nancy's, Nancy's very close. Nancy's very close. It's 21. Meryl yeah. Streep has been nominated for Academy Awards 21 times. Is that the crazy? She holds the record for the most. And she, what is she, how many does she have? I don't know how many she's actually won. That's like key information that should have been in the story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she's won. But she's yeah, nominated 21 times. Crazy. All right. Let's talk about this. We have video of this. She has won so, three. Won three? Yeah. <laughs> she should win them all. She's so She amazing. has eight Golden Globes, 32 nominations. I say for celebrities, like their personal life is really none of our business. Really? I mean. Unless they make it, you know, like you said. Well, in some cases. In some cases, they, I don't know if the tabloids make it their, our business or the studios say, oh, well, well if, if you become an actor, like you know what more. it was like for actors before you became an actor, you're making right. the conscious decision to enter that field and you know what comes along with it. And most of the actors yeah. do, they know they have to go do press and whatever. And as long as people yeah. are respectable and are climbing in their trees and, you know, attacking them, then, you know, it yeah. comes with the territory. It just has Mark Thompson. He knows what it's like. I was reading this. It's not easy, Kim. Not reading, but watching a, docu a Taylor Swift documentary. And she was talking about her difficulties in her relationships, even with friends. And she said, because when you're a friend of mine... She didn't explain enough in her songs? 
No. She said, when you're a friend of mine or a family member or a boyfriend or whatever, it's always going to come with people with long range telephoto lenses trying to get a picture of you. It's all that's what I come with. And she goes, so a lot of people maybe don't want to be friends with me because they know, you know, this is difficult that you're always in the spotlight. No matter where we are, people are taking pictures of you. Right. She said, it's not easy to have friends when you're like that. Um, let's move to the story about robots, because I just want to show you guys this video. The technology is getting better and better when it comes to manual dexterity and robot hands. Uh, AI, lar la large language model AI, is, I guess, speeding up the training process. And a recent experiment resulted in some very, they call it dexterous simulated robots. This team at NVIDIA Research uh, directed an AI protocol powered by OpenAI's GPT-4 to teach a simulation of robotic hand, nearly 30 complex tasks they taught the robotic hand, including how to toss a ball, how to push blocks, how to press switches, and some seriously pen twirling abilities. Let's take a look at what they can do. Wow, it's uh, spitting this simulated... I can't, do, I can't do that. I mean, I can, but I drop quickly. it like five times. Look at how, look at that. Yeah, and each one is different here on the, on the screen. It's really moving. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, That's, they are... Getting closer yeah. and closer to taking over. They really can. They can spin the pen and they say they can uh, rival, if not beat, very dexterous humans. So I'm oh. not that good. They've already got me beat. I can't. I, I mean, I don't practice it there and practice twirling pens, yeah. but I think that's really interesting. And full disclosure, I have a long position on NVIDIA. I've been invested in them for a while. So. Oh, really? Okay. So this is good well, for me, the, I guess, in my retirement. Yeah, it is, because they've been <laughs> going the up and up and up. When robots take over the world, at least I'll be able to sip on a Mai Tai. I'm so glad you have this next story, because I read the small version on Mark's show. Tell me more about this whole diet versus your brain cells. Oh, yeah. Um, I heard you earlier. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so older people who followed a lower calorie Mediterranean diet and minimally exercised up to six days a week gained muscle and lost a significant amount of body fat by the end of a year and kept uh, most of it off of uh, for three years, according to a new okay. study. Middle Eastern cuisine, so freshly made hummus, mm, a spread made from chickpeas and seasoned uh, with sumac and oil served with a flat flatbread. We, you've had that before, right? Yeah. Uh, this study demonstrates that a calorie-controlled Mediterranean diet eating such foods plus exercise does not simply produce weight loss. It results in a redistribution of body composition from fat to muscle. Yeah, baby. Uh, in addition to a loss in overall body fat, participants in the study lost dangerous visceral belly, belly fat. This is the bad stuff. This is your, the fat that's within your body, mm -hmm. right? Not the, yeah. not the outwardly visible fat. While the findings of the new study are no surprise, they extend the benefits of diet and exercise from mere weight loss to the mobilization of harmful visceral fat. Uh, visceral fat cannot be seen, like we mentioned. It lies behind the stomach muscles surrounding organs deep within the abdomen. abdomen, abdomen. It's a Monday. If visceral fat is about 10% of your body's total fat mass, that's normal and healthy, according to the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, too much visceral fat, however, can create inflammation contributing to chronic disease. And I think as you mentioned uh, earlier on Mark's show, it can impact your brain, right? 
Yeah. That well, according to a study, and I don't know, if, you know, how much stock I'm putting in it. I guess if you have too much of this visceral fat, right. then it can somehow make your ability to think less effective. Oh, I, I don't, yeah, I can relate, especially on a Monday. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's move to this prehistoric shark. I love the picture of Is this it a baby shark. shark? It's not baby. baby shark. No, but it's a nope. weird looking shark. It kind Ooh. of looks like, don't you think that looks like a cross between a manta ray and a shark? I was and thinking they, like a duck. Like a oh, duck really? and a manta ray. I don't know. I think they're related. But this is a prehistoric shark. It it lived in the area of what is now Kentucky 337 million years ago. I like the one in the back. Just Yeah, the just swimming by, hanging out. It's so cute. They're so interesting. It's kind of like almost hammerheady in a way as well, but with wings like a ray. I don't know. So this group of paleontologists, park rangers, and geologists discovered a new species of ancient shark in the rock layers of Mammoth Cave National Park in Kentucky. It was in a large fossil deposit that had at least 40 different species of shark and their relatives, very well-preserved skeletal cartilage as well. The new species is named Strigolotus talonse. It's a petalodent shark these extinct Wait, sharks petaluma? petalodent yes but no oh. it had petal shaped teeth like flower petals it lived again 337 million years ago it was most closely related to what modern day it's called a ratfish uh, rather than sharks or rays and it was identified from teeth found in the cave's walls petal shaped teeth one round cusp for clipping and long ridge insert side teeth that crushed prey the way molars do. And paleontologists think it likely lived like modern day skates and fed on worms, bivalves, and small fish. So interesting. The limestone caves make up this 400 mile long mammoth cave system, and they were formed about 325 million years ago during the late Paleozoic. Geologists are calling this time period the Mississippian period when shallow seas covered much of North America, including where that mammoth cave is today. Can you so imagine going your whole life and then all of a sudden, like, some scientists are calling you a ratfish? Yeah. Like, come <laughs> on, dude. Really? Interesting looking sharks, though, and they have teeth like petals. Yeah, Sticky Cola Bud says it kind of looks like a bird in the front. I agree with you. I kind of I see like a little beak, like, you know, a little like a, like a platypus or a duck bill. kind Yeah, of. it reminds me of the underside of a ray, of a manta ray. Yeah, definitely in the back with the frowny face. Yeah. That one has yeah. attitude. I'm going to stay away from them. Um, no. If In case this is freaking you out, we have a different uh, fish here. A rare sunfish species has washed up on the mar on a marine beach. Did you see this? Yeah. On Saturday morning, a surfer happened upon an alien-looking sea creature that washed up on Kehoe Beach uh, on Point Reyes National Seashore. And here's the actual photo of the one they found. Mm. Uh, it had nearly six-foot-long oblong body with a fin popping out on each side, has no tail, and one of its enormous googly eyes facing upwards. Yeah, it looks a little creepy. Yeah. Seemingly saying hello. Uh, Christian Anthony snapped a photo of the specimen and called it a mola mola in a post uh, on the Marin, uh, West Marin feed, a social media account where he posts news and sightings in West Marin. Turns out the species is not a mola mola, but it is a close relative known as a mola tecta or a hoodwinker sunfish. It's easy. It's an easy mistake to make. Uh, mola tecta are extremely rare in California. So 
so rare that they have only been a handful of living sightings here and about the same number of strandings, according to a researcher uh, who documented the species in 2017 while working in Bali. Uh, the species more commonly inhabits the oceans off of Chile, Australia, and New Zealand, but in recent years, the fish have been found both alive and stranded as far north as Alaska. I was going to um, say, what's it doing here? That's a really rare one for here. Yeah, for I would area. say probably uh, mm. global warming. I would say interesting. Um, a lot of friends are uh, on the East Coast are posting photos of uh, of plants that are not dead yet that should be dead, and like trees where some of the flower or some of the leaves have turned color, and a lot of them are still green. Uh, so things are changing all over the world. Yeah. Things that we used to take for granted. Here's another story of an interesting find. Are you ready okay. for this one? So there's this man, and he he's kind of knows this area has been rich in archaeological finds. It's a carrot field in Switzerland, and so he's Wait, got what? his a carrot metal field is yes, famous. A carrot field. Why? It's a carrot. It's a carrot where they grow carrots. Carrot. Yeah, yeah, I got that part. Yeah, and he takes his metal detector out there, and he finds ancient gold and bronze jewelry and Whoa. multiple teeth as well. Mm-hmm. He's got this metal detector. He's searching this carrot field in Switzerland, and he finds this jewelry set dating back to the Bronze Age, along with a bear's tooth, a beaver's tooth, a fossilized shark's tooth, and at least 100 amber beads. Yeah, interesting, cool. right? Uh, they also found, a, when they went back to look, a bronze arrowhead. Uh, and some other things. In total, eight spirals of this necklace uh, made of gold and 14 bronze spiked discs with grommets were recovered, indicative of costume jewelry worn by women about 3,500 years ago. Very they cool. wondered, why is there so much of this? Was there a jewelry box hidden here? Were, like, were the teeth part of some type of collection? Is there more to the story? They think that these objects that were found may have had like a special protective or healing effect and maybe worn as ty a type of amulet, perhaps. So, but in this same area, there have been other objects from the Iron Age and the Bronze Age. And so this is kind of a, this carrot field, there's a lot going on here under the soil. Mm. Yeah, they protected you until they... No longer protected you. Yeah, and, <laughs> until you died in the carrot field and there was an party over, there and you turned into carrots. Yeah, exactly. Um, here, uh, here's an interesting story. I know uh, a lot of people are big on sleep or not getting sleep. Hitting yeah. the snooze button won't hurt your health. New sleep research finds. I like these study people. If you it's snooze, only, it's only going to hurt your job, right? Uh, when you're late. I knew you were yeah. going to go there. Mm. Uh, if you snooze, you lose? Question mark. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. According to new research. Looking at the health impacts of hitting your alarm's snooze button, the research published Wednesday in the Journal of Sleep Research found no evidence that snoozing past your morning alarm has negative effects on sleep and cognitive processes. Protocols why would and standards. It, why would sleeping longer have a negative effect? That doesn't make uh, any sense. I think, well, maybe they mean overall, because I know that personally, like if I sleep in way too long, then it has like a opposite effect where I'm drowsy all day. Oh. I've noticed that. Um, not consistently, but... But they're saying instead of snoozing, it may actually help regular snoozers' uh, waking process. So hmm. um, I guess it depends on what you consider snoozing, right? Like snoozing in for 10 or 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm a big proponent of getting the sleep that your body is telling you to get. 
the researcher, in, uh, the research includes two studies. The first observed the waking habits of over 1,700 adults, 69% of whom reported using the snooze function or setting multiple times, at least some of the time. In this group, snoozing ranged from 1 to 180 minutes with an <laughs> Wait average a minute. time. 180 minutes is not a snooze on your yeah, snooze alarm. That's what I said, depending on your definition. Yeah, 180 minutes is, but the oops. average the average was 22 mm-hmm. minutes spent snoozing yeah. per morning. Uh, well, not all of us have three shows to work on. Uh, yeah. Researchers found snoozers <laughs> tend to be younger than non-snoozers, okay, and identified themselves as evening types more than morning people. Uh, yeah. Relate yeah. to that. The second study focused on the sleeping and waking patterns of 31 regular snoozers. After 30 minutes of snoozing, researchers found this group lost about six minutes of sleep, but did not find clear effects on stress hormone levels, morning tiredness, mood, or overnight sleep quality. For some, the snoozing also improved cognitive performance once awake as compared to waking up immediately. So wrap this up here. The findings indicate that there's no reason to stop snoozing in the morning if you enjoy it, at least not for snooze times around 30 minutes. In fact, it may even help those with morning drowsiness be slightly more awake once they get up. Yeah, um, that's It looks me. like I, sh- I should have snoozed in a little today. So there's two schools of thought on this. One is set your alarm for the time you want to get up. And when it goes off, get out of bed, right? right? You're done. And then there's me. Set it a little earlier so that it goes off and you don't have to, you can lay there can you for ignore a minute. It? My mom calls it warming your leapers, that you, you get to rub your feet together and keep your feet warm for a few minutes, wake up slowly, stretch, maybe close your eyes for See, a few minutes. See, my problem with minutes, that system is once the I, get alarm warm go and, back on. If I get warm and comfortable, then I don't yeah. want to get out. Well, who wants to get out at all? It's that ripping the <laughs> Band-Aid off and jumping out immediately. Who wants like, to do work? Who wants to move? I find I mean, that um, I think it depends on it. It really depends day to day or week to week. I'll go like a week where every day I just get up, no problem. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Other days, other weeks, um, it's I'm like a magnet, like a magnet yeah. to my bed, and it's like painful to wake up. And I think a lot of it has to do with the quality of sleep. Sometimes it's something going on, like some stressor, and yeah. a lot of times it's not really something I'm actively thinking about, but something in the background. Right. Um, some kind of stress that's um, disrupted my sleep. So I didn't get the quality sleep. So I wake up and I'm just tired. My, you know, I, I, my body's been too, like, you know, yeah. active during the night. You think about it a lot. I don't think about what happened. I think, gosh, I didn't get to bed early enough. But no matter how early I get to bed, I still need that time to get up. Like it's a slow get out of bed process. Yeah. It's not a leap, leap right out. Well, I don't think about it a lot. I just realized yeah, after the fact, like, hey, I didn't sleep well last night. Why? And then yeah. I realized, oh, because I'm dealing yeah. with a lawyer for my mom's property issue. Yeah. Even though I wasn't working on it yesterday, it's in the background. And right. whereas like the week before that, I had no problem sleeping. And then I right. woke up refreshed. So I can tell that there's a difference. Something's different. And, you know, when your yeah. brain is thrashing over something, right. you know, even if you're not conscious of it, I feel like that has um, that can have a serious impact on, on the quality of sleep that you're getting. Right. Because yeah. I can tell when I didn't get quality sleep. Yeah. You know, I'll wake up like two hours early and then like my teeth aren't clenching, but it's like I mentally feel like, you know, clenching. It's not going to be a good John Daly day. (laughs) All right. Let's end the after party with this really lovely story. A story about a party here on the after party. Right. Uh We always love a good party story. And this one is out of party like an after party. That's right. This one's out of Solano County. This little girl was planning a birthday party and she invited her whole class to help her celebrate, but only two kids showed up. Ugh, 
hate that. Her family rented a bounce house. They bought all the party food. They were ready for the whole class to come. They posted the message on social media, and they invited the community when only two people came. Uh, to, only two classmates came and the Sassoon police department saw the message and they showed up. These first responders showed up and I don't care. You know, there's all these stories about, Oh, police are bad or, or, or racist or whatever. And then you, you know what you, you always see these stories. They always pop up of them doing these things. that are incredibly kind and both things can be true. And I know people have biases, and I'm not saying that's not true. But I truly believe that most police officers and first responders take these jobs because they want to help people. Again, doesn't mean all of them are, you know, on the up and up. It does. I'm not saying that. But when you see these, when I see these stories, where police officers show up for the community, or or do something incredibly kind. They did not have to do this. These men did not have to go out to the park and help this little girl who had no one show up to her party celebrate. And they did it. And here they all are. The Sassoon police sergeant rallied the night crew. The fire department was the fire department even went shopping for gifts at a birthday surprise. So the police and the firefighters, all the first responders they you know that could came and what a lovely way to do it i mean that's what a, a nice story thing. but i can't help yeah. you know i can't help but think like that's not happening in san francisco i can't even get them to show up when there's like a crime in progress so i <laughs> it looks like that might be a nicer area to live out and uh and that was solano county right so is that that's um, solano that's county, the county yeah. that's the county S- um, it's sassoon the city oh, of sassoon, sassoon. sassoon. Yeah. yeah not a lot sassoon. going out and going on in sassoon well yeah you know i don't know i i've heard of of um police and firefighters doing some pretty lovely things in san francisco as well you know they'll have a situation where someone's home burns down or something and they show up with things for them or they'll have someone that lost everything or someone that's in a really bad way and they take up a collection at the fire station or the police station for them. So there's a lot of people that really did get into this to help and they really do good things for people. Yeah. 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 And okay, so I think that's probably it for a Monday. Oh, it's over. Beth. It's almost over. Thank you, Beth. Yeah. JR. JR. Awesome. JR. Wes, you know you're adored. And Blueys, thank you. Blueys 420, I should say. Thank you so much for the $5. <laughs> Don't forget yes. the 420. I can't forget the 420. Thank you again to our ongoing contributors, everyone who helps us with this show. We just couldn't do it without you, and we truly are so grateful. And I will say, I'm trying to get back to the... Robin it's, F, I, DJ Robin L, F, and Joe F. And Joe F. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for spending your afternoon with us on the After Party Live. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Have a great afternoon.